Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera editing and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Hi, photographers. It's Kim with Be More Business and Kim Beer Photography. Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Benno. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, everybody. Well, welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast, everybody who's listening. Today, we're going to be talking all about event photography. But before we dive into that particular hot topic that we all, I know, are itching to talk about, let's talk about what we have been up to lately. So, Phyllis, you haven't gone first in a while. What have you been up to this week? Wow. Not much this week except for playing catch up and working on newsletter, blog post, organizing, getting ready to get my calendars done. I have a wedding shower we're hosting for my great niece this weekend. Aww. So I have no travel till the end of the year. I'm home for the holidays, which I am so excited about because I love the holidays. I love fall. I love Thanksgiving. I I love this time of year in Georgia because it's so beautiful right now, and I just love cooler weather and just being at home. So I don't have a whole lot going on other than working in the office, which is really, really super hard for me to do because it's so pretty outside, and I'd rather be out there with my dog. So You do a lot less shooting this time of year, don't you? Like you take a break from it a little bit? Yeah, right. I don't do hardly any shooting this time of year unless it's just something... It might be something different because if I might go do some fall landscape photography mm -hmm. or something like that, but rarely do I shoot horses this time of year anymore. I used to do like you do. I used to do the holiday wreath sessions and all that kind of stuff, but I stopped doing that last year and I'm a happier person. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sometimes it's about what we eliminate from our business. Well, I uh, can feel, I feel that to my core. Yeah. <laughs> I can't complain, though. It's good to be busy. And, you know, I don't shoot a lot in the summer because it's so hot. So this is kind of like I'm jumping back in and I'm busy and I'm reconnecting with all the local people. So it's really awesome. So yeah. the flip side of that is I'm shooting a ton right now. I'm shooting just a ton. But I will say it again. I have been better this year. I set boundaries and I did not overbook myself. So I'm feeling really good about that. I'm having some fun with holiday wreath sessions. I realized I got a text message bright and early this morning from last night's shoot. And she said, you left your holiday wreath hanging on my fence. So now I'm scrambling, trying to figure out where I'm going to get a garland like that garland, because that was kind of my classy one. So I've got to like run and try to find that before tomorrow's sunrise shoot. 
So holiday recessions are happening and also a lot of viewing and ordering appointments. I think I mentioned before on here, I do in-person sales for horse photographers. So I meet with my clients one-on-one and the big thing right now is I've got vendor deadlines quickly, quickly approaching. Probably by the time this episode goes live, I'll already be past vendor deadlines. So what happens is if I don't get orders in, then they don't make it in time for Christmas and everybody's looking for Christmas gifts and holiday cards and stuff like that this time of year. So we're kind of in the mad dash to the deadline for that. And then the last piece of it for me is I'm a part of a text chain with my husband's side of the family, and we're trying to decide what we're going to eat for Thanksgiving. So I try to make suggestions, but my mother-in-law just tells me what to make. So that's what it's going to end up being. So I'm getting geared up for all of Ed's family and my family to be in town for the holidays. Nice. I hope there's some turkey on that text chain. Maybe. Turkey's my least favorite part of Thanksgiving. (laughs) Me too, actually. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, we eat turkey all year long around here, so it's not anything special for Thanksgiving. So for me, right this time of year is my super creative time. And it is, I'm in the zone. I have found my mojo and am creating ideas, getting things set for 2023, updating all the websites, writing all the content for the websites, looking at programming, finishing up details on all of the things that I'm going to be doing next year. And I have such an exciting year planned. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go back and listen to our last episode where we talk about all the things we've got going on with Cowgirls with Cameras for 2023. So there's just so many good things I'm up to. Right now, it is also a couple of other things that I'm doing. One is I am doing a lot of sessions with photographers and other entrepreneurs, photography business owners, that are helping them get out of their own way. I've got a lot of Zooms booked right at this moment on my calendar, and I'm spending a lot of time with folks that are finding difficulty in their business with a mindset issue or with some clarity around things. So we're I'm booking those sessions and speaking to those photographers who have a little downtime in their businesses right now. And then on the personal side of things, November is NaNoWriMo, which if you haven't heard this, it's National Novel Writing Month. And I have been working on a novel for like... I thought that was a misspelling. Nope. It's NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. And it's this big push for novel writers to write 50,000 words in the month of November. And I am officially participating in this challenge. I've been working on a novel for the last, I think, 10 years when I dusted it off the other day, the manuscript. So it's I'm refocused and going to work really hard on getting 50,000 words written on my novel this month. So any spare moment I have to write, that's what I'm doing right now. And then the final thing, I'm like, Phyllis, the weather here. So it's like no stir up November for writers. No stir up November. Yeah, I think that would send me to the hospital. Hopefully this won't do that. But like Phyllis, it's it's beautiful weather here in Missouri and it's cool. It's just lovely. It's not pretty landscape because our trees have lost all our, their leaves and the horses are all fuzzy, but it's a great time to get a lot of ranch work done. So we have a ton of ranch projects and I'm with you, Phyllis. If It's hard for me to be in this office for a lot because, and that's bad because it's like my creative writing time, right? But it's really hard for me to be in here because I want to be outside. I'm currently redoing the footing in my little area where I do my gestalt work and 
I'm re-graveling all the driveways. And so I get to spend a lot of tractor time, which I really enjoy. All right. So now that we're all caught up, let's talk about event photography. So let's start this conversation by talking a little bit about what event photography we've done in our past. So full disclosure, none of the three of us still do horse show photography. And I don't know if Phyllis or Kara ever did. It was a part of my business when I launched my photography business. It's really one of the things that made me a successful photographer. It introduced me to the clients that eventually got me out of doing horse shows. And also I have done a lot of expos and fairs. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about both those types of photography. We're going to be talking about horse show photography, and we're also going to be talking about events like fairs and expos. So what is your guys' experiences with this, and how do you kind of feel about that as a photographer? Well, for me, many, many, many years ago, I worked as a second shooter at a dressage event, and it made me realize that this wasn't something that I wanted to do because I like being in control too much. I mean, it was okay for a day, and I was helpful to the official photographer, but It just made me realize, for me personally, it wasn't my cup of tea. My only other experience actually shooting events is what we do for Art of the Cowgirl, which I have gotten to really enjoy because I really love the breakaway roping. So that's, for me, all I can say as far as what my past experience has been. Kara? So I photograph a couple events every year. I photograph for my local horse council. So I think about shooting events not as uh, necessarily an income stream in terms of I'm going to be selling pictures from the event. But what I use it for is kind of a boots on the ground marketing. So I don't photograph big events. I have no interest in competing with horse show photographers that that's their business and they do that on a regular basis. What I want to do is I want to walk around. I want to talk to people. I want to meet local equestrians that I haven't met before. I use it as an opportunity to shoot what I want to shoot. So I shoot things that inspire me. I shoot things that can be potential art creation later. I shoot things that might work for stock imagery because I do use some of those photos as stock. I have the ability to do model releases right off my phone and I walk around and do them as we go. I also use it as a way to give back to our horse council. It's one of the ways that I help sponsor and donate to the horse council. I give them images for their website, for their social media, that sort of thing from the events. It's just a way for me to work really closely with people. It's awesome in terms of gaining exposure. Sometimes I will even be a sponsor for the event, either through in-kind or through my work or through I'll do a monetary donation to the event and have my information everywhere. I'm announced over the speaker. I stop and talk to people. So I really use it as a marketing tactic. I do things like hand out horse show survival kit bags at the event. Everybody gets a business card as I'm walking around. And it's a lot of fun for me because I'm not there under any pressure to complete the job. I'm not there under any pressure to make money other than the marketing side of it where I want to talk to people, book shoots. The other thing that I use it for is for local, you know, when when we do our photography workshops here in Florida, I need models for that. So I meet new people. I see horses that I think are really beautiful that I would love to photograph and I'll walk up and introduce myself and talk to them, you know, make a connection there. Also, 
I photograph for a couple of tech companies. So it's a really cool location to get some like horse show style photographs for the tech company. So I'll meet people, they'll let their horses wear the tech, or I will schedule a private tech shoot for the company that I work for. So I use horse shows in a totally different way. I think of them as like a marketing strategy, as a way to pull in potential models for future work and not necessarily as a separate income stream. Do I make money at them? Yes. Do I host a gallery with what I chose to shoot and sell those images? Yes, I do that. And I've got a couple things I'm happy to share as we go through a little bit later. Perfect. Well, I did early on in my career, like I said, I did a lot of event photography. So I did it in two different veins. One vein was horse expos. So I've photographed at some of the bigger horse expos in the country. And that really opened a huge door for me uh, with clinicians. And a lot of my early career as a photographer was spent photographing clinicians. A lot of people on back then what was called the Purina expert team. I can't remember the whole name of the thing, but it was Purina's team that they got of clinicians that went out and represented them. So I did a lot of work with that particular organization. So my co-hosts are like taking selfies of each other, sticking their tongues out. So I'm a little distracted. Thanks, Kim. There's there's an upside and a downside. No, I was not doing that. I was trying to. To being able to see us. There's an upside and downside to having video on this. I was trying to mute my. For those who don't know, we can see each other. (laughs) My microphone so you couldn't hear me. Oh, well, Kara's sticking her tongue out. I was trying not to distract you. Well, obviously you did. Okay, so back to my my story. So I did a lot of horse expos, worked with a lot of clinicians. And a second thing I did was I started doing a lot of reining and working cow horse event photography. So I would go to the to regional events. I didn't shoot at the national level. I did some second shooters. I worked as a second shooter for a couple of photographers at the national level, but primarily what I did was regional shows here, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, kind of all of the states around Missouri. I photographed at a lot of their futurities and derbies throughout the year. So I got a lot of experience with working Western horses. So primarily NRHA and NRCHA, I did also use video. So I videoed the reining and I got even to video a few cuttings, but primarily reining was where I spent most of my time. And I had to learn, one of the hardest parts of this for me is I had to learn the hard way how to set up and how to do horse shows because photographers at the time that I was doing this were not really forthcoming with how they did what they did at a at an equine event. And one of the catalysts for this whole thing that we do as cowgirls with cameras is I don't want another photographer to have to to go through the frustration that I went through wanting to shoot events or wanting to shoot models or or anything and not having other people that were willing to help and to offer them information. Because it was frankly, I felt very shut out of my industry and it was a problem. At any rate, 
So I want to share with you guys some of my tips for what I learned in those years of shooting at these events and primarily at the horse shows. Because I know there's a lot of people who listen to this that either do horse shows or want to do horse shows. And they are a great way, like Kara said, to be able to grow your business. Honestly, the horse shows and the expos, even though I don't do I don't do horse shows at all anymore and I will do expos, but it's not as common because we do events. We teach other photographers now. That's kind of my focus. But both of those things really launched my career as a photographer and they opened so many doors for me and not just photography doors. They opened doors for me into becoming a better horsewoman. They opened doors for me into knowing people in the equine industry who could help me here on my ranch with the horses that I have. It opened the door for me to learn how to become a gestalt coach with horses. It opened so many doors. My camera and those events have been the key to a lot of my success as I sit here today recording this podcast. So if you're thinking about doing this, it's a really good way to open doors, but there are some things you need to know before you dive into it. So does anyone have anything to add before I start diving into tips? And then I'll turn it over to each of you for your tips as well. I think the the one thing that I would just add is that there are lots of ways to approach photographing horse shows. And you don't necessarily have to go into it with the idea that you're going to make a lot of money. There are some very successful horse show photographers out there. There are a lot more horse show photographers that are not making any money doing it. So if you can go into it with like some real goals in mind about what you want to get out of the event, I think you're going to set yourself up for success a little bit more. And just being as prepared and realistic as possible. So when I come around to kind of talk about my perspective on it, that's kind of where I come from, is I never, never really wanted to be a horse show photographer, but I saw the value in providing a service to small events, small venues that don't get picked up by the photographers that are kind of like the pro event photographers in the field. And there's a lot of value in that, both for your business, but also for just relationship making in the community. So. If you're thinking you want to try this out, I highly, highly recommend starting really at a really small event and getting your feet wet and seeing if you even enjoy it. Absolutely. I would recommend that as well. I actually started out shooting 4-H shows. That was where I started because very few photographers will go shoot a 4-H show, especially like a local 4-H show. So it's a good place to figure out if this is something you want to do. Like Phyllis went in second shot, and that's another good place for you to figure it out, too, is to be a second shooter for a photographer who's working a bigger event. And I recommend even if you start out with the small local shows and say, I like this, if you want to try to do it more and get into the bigger events, go be a second shooter for a photographer who does them so you can see how the back end of that whole thing works. And you may change your mind. You may say, oh, yeah, I want to stick with the smaller ones that get me some clients and some money for the show itself. But I don't know about the bigger events because those can be they're stressful. If you're the person that's controlling all of that, it's it's high stress. <laughs> so, well, it was for me anyway. Maybe other people don't get stressed out about it. But I stress about like making sure everything is going and you have employees and other people shooting for you. And that's a that's a stressor. I don't know if um if you're gonna cover this, Ken, but just making sure if you are just going to a, a show just to practice or to see if it's something you might like to do, be sure 
that if there is an official photographer there, OP, you know, that you clear this with management or or with them to make sure they know that you're just there practicing, you know, Mm -hmm. because sometimes they don't want you on the grounds. (laughs) I know a lot of places, a lot of the bigger venues like in Florida and stuff have very strict rules about people coming on the grounds to photograph. So just be aware of those kind of rules. I was going to dive into official photographers. So events will hire official photographers. It's a good point to make that you do need to check in with the with the OP. And so in order to get their events well covered, and especially the bigger the event and the more that there's at stake, like in the reining industry, futurity horses are really important because a lot of them, there's money involved in the futurity horses. And a lot of times there's promotion for the stallion that sired the the horse as well as the ranch and all kinds of things. So there's, there's a lot of need for photography at futurity events. So they do hire photographers to make sure that those photos are going to be covered. And then that photographer, as the official photographer, They're the person who sets up to be able to sell images to the exhibitors. So having done that for a number of years, I can tell you it's a lot of work as an official photographer. You have to be there early in the morning. You're there from the time before the first horse makes their run. You're there after the last horse is finished for the day. And you generally have a booth set up. I always had a booth at the event where people could come preview their photos from the event. I personally found that I sold more if I could get them to buy them at the event than I did once the people left the event. So as the official photographer, you have to have employees. If it's a big event that has more than one arena going at a time, You have to have more than one shooter. You can't be in two places at one time. And then if they also expect you to cover like the ceremonies and wind photos and all of those things, you've got to have somebody who's available to both be at ringside shooting the photos as well as a person that that even goes around and shoots like marketing photos for the event. So you have to be very, very clear with the event as official photographer what they expect. But when you're you're going, well, I want to come to this event as a person who's just there to see the event, but I'm going to bring my camera, the official photographer gets a little concerned because, frankly, between travel, employees, booth fees, the amount of sleep that they're getting because they're not, all of the things that have to go on at an event, they do get kind of territorial. So if you are a person who wants to dip your toe into event photography, you want to go and you want to see what it's like, I highly recommend that you find out who the official photographer is before the event. And then you contact that photographer and say, I'm a young photographer or beginning photographer. I'm interested in doing events. I want to come to this event and I just want to shoot behind the scenes stuff, maybe practice with my camera a little bit. And I want you to know that I'm not going to be selling to the participants and don't sell to the participants. That's the biggest thing that official photographers Mm -hmm. absolutely hate is that They have all this money invested and they have this huge commitment that they have made to be at this event and to make sure that the photos are covered at that event. And then somebody comes along, shoots ringside with their camera and then goes in the back to the stall area 
and is showing all the exhibitors the pictures on the back of their camera. And the exhibitor's like, well, I'd like to buy that photo. And they're like, yeah, sure, here, buy it for $5, (laughs) you know? Then that person doesn't come up and buy the official event photographer, or it causes a lot of bad vibes, let's put it that way. So that's what the official photographer is protecting. Because if you've done one of these events or you're going to do one, it's an undertaking. So please be respectful of that very first off the bat. Well, in the horse show market, like the horse show photographer market is tiny and you will build a bad reputation for yourself really quickly and before you even realize it because you just don't know what you don't know sometimes at an event. So I think that that's a big takeaway for, I mean, we meet with a ton of new photographers and one of the things a lot of them want to do which is part of the reason we're doing the show is they want to jump into some horse photography to get their feet wet. And I think a lot of them do that with the best intentions, not realizing that they're stepping on a photographer that, like you said earlier, has a ton invested in this and they're not they're not going to set themselves up for success that way if they don't no. do the groundwork first. Absolutely. And I want to tell you that you want those official photographers to be your friend. And the biggest reason why is, is Carrie made a very good point there. This is a very small community. The people who do horse shows, there's not a ton of them and there's not a ton of events. And COVID really kind of mucked up a lot of the calendars and things around events. So they're coming back, but they're still pretty few. But if I am an event photographer, I contract with a specific event. And I'm going to tell you, unless I screw something up pretty bad, that event is going to have me back every single year. I can count on it. These futurities and horse shows, they run the same shows over and over and over again. And they're always roughly the same time of year. Everybody can depend on them. And once you have that gig as an official photographer, that's going to be your gig until you're done or until the horse show is done with you. Oh, I would have, once I had an event, I had that event until I said, I don't want to do horse show photography anymore. And here's the secret of why you want to make friends with the official photographer. At that point, the horse show looks at me and says, okay, you're not going to do it. Who is? And then I can refer people most of the time that have been second shooters for me or who I know are going to do a good job because you get to get the horse show people become your family, right? You get to have your horse show family. And I know Phyllis can commiserate with this. And horse shows are family events. Those are the people you see. You spend your time with them and they become very close to you and you want them to have a good experience with their next photographer, primarily because you'd like to still keep working with them for their stallion photos or come to their ranches or whatever for stock imagery, but also because you really, really like them. So if you are a good person that's coming into and you're being nice to the official photographer, maybe say if next time you need a second shooter or an assistant, I'd like to try this, then you're going to be in line to take that job if the photographer decides they don't want to do it anymore. So you might be considered for that. So it's really important to be nice to your official photographer. All right, let me move off the OP because we've harped on that enough. So the next thing people want to know is how do you find a gig and how do you negotiate for it? So if you're new to this and you're just beginning, there's a lot of smaller shows that don't have official photographers. And those are the ones that you can get into and become the OP for that group. 
and start building your reputation because a lot of people will who do administration for the other horse shows will come to the smaller ones too because they're out there getting their young horses involved and all of that. So when one of those bigger openings comes available, if that photographer doesn't have somebody to refer or something bad happened with them, then the show staff is going to look and they start asking each other. There's not like a page on the internet that says, here are the horse show photographers in your area, pick one. This is all word of mouth, right? So start with those smaller events. I started with 4-H horse shows which sometimes only had 20 participants in it in our little county. So I set up a cute little background and took wind photos and it helped me build my portfolio. And then the bigger horse shows started to notice. I did crazy things. I did a society horse show for our little local thing with like, I know we talk about Western horses on here, but it had all breeds of horses. I I did Arabians and cart horses and Tennessee walkers and saddlebreds. I mean, I learned a lot. And in that show, I met somebody with a Pasifino and I actually photographed several regional Pasifino shows. So there's a lot of open doors in those little smaller events. So start there. Then start negotiating. One of the things you want to find out from the official photographers is you want to find out in your area, in the breed or the particular sport that you're in, like what is the system that the horse show administration is used to using to work with the official photographer? So in reining and cutting and some of the working cow horse events, sometimes they'll pay the photographers out of the entry fee. So you'll get a set little small fee. It's not a lot, but it pays for your expenses and maybe for your assistant that's wrapped in the entry fees and they'll pay you for every entry that you photograph from the horse show itself. Other times you're totally dependent upon the exhibitors buying images to pay for your being there. So you have to kind of figure out what are the rules in your specific sport or industry that you're wanting to photograph in. And the best way to do that is to simply ask questions and and find out from the official photographers kind of what how they do business or be a second shooter. The next thing you have once you have a host, once you have a gig that you've got and you've negotiated to be that official photographer, uh, you need to remember you have travel expenses too, by the way. So You often are going to be staying at that particular event, even if it's close to you. You'll be staying at a hotel. Like even when it was an hour from here, I would get a hotel and stay at like right next door to the event because that's how much you're needed there. That extra hour I needed to sleep, to be honest with you. But once you have your gig negotiated, you got your travel covered, you know what you're going to do, how you're going to set stuff up. The next thing you want to do is to figure out from your host, what is it that they need? Like the people that hired you, the horse show administration that hired you, what do they need? And this is especially important if you're doing like horse fairs or horse expos, because they have very specific shoot lists of what they want. Like they need pictures of their sponsors for social media. They need vendors. They have VIPs there. But even like a reining or a working cow horse event or a society horse show, they'll have very specific things that they need to have photographed in order to be able to carry on. Sometimes it's the wind photos, a lot of things. So make sure that you 
have a good relationship with that horse show administration and are able to know what they want and make sure that that is checked off of a list. I always would write it down and check it off as I did it. Determine if you need any second shooters. I say you can't do a horse show of any size without an assistant because you have to have somebody that's there at your booth to talk to people and show them their pictures and all of those things. And Hopefully that person's good enough with Lightroom or Photoshop to be able to do some base edits. <laughs> so that was the big treat in my life when I got an assistant. Um, her name was Misty. And uh, Misty learned how to edit well enough that she could edit the photos and I wasn't up all night doing it. So that was a big plus. So get to know the second shooters. If you are an official photographer and you're looking for second shooters, a great place to go is the Equine Photographers Network. And by the way, that's a great organization to belong to if you want to do this kind of shooting because you have other photographers that you can talk to about stuff. But the second shooters, there's like lists of people that are photographers in your area. And a lot of times you can contact people on there and find a second shooter. I always said selling on site was the most important piece of the puzzle. I made more money. Once the people left, I lost about half of them. Those people, when they do leave, if you're going to sell online after the show, you need to make sure that they know where to go to find the photos. Part of that is the horse administration staff being able to print that and hand it out to them on like receipts and things that they get from the horse show or when they check out, get their prizes, that there's always your website in there somewhere. But I can't trust, I wouldn't trust the horse show people to do it. So what I did was I printed business cards that had my website on them. And I had one for the horse shows that I would give that just had my information on there. And I put a, like, because I did ratings, I did a really good stop photo on the card. So then they're like, oh, I wonder if I got a stop photo that good. So they go look at it. If it's in an expo or a fair, if you make up cards, business cards, I had one that said you've been shot and had my website on it. So when I would photograph somebody, as soon as I finished photographing them, I would hand them the card and that was it, right? They could go look at the online gallery. I did learn really early on in, in doing horse shows to not leave my online galleries up perpetually. There has to be a deadline for when that gallery comes down or people will never buy it. Now, holidays, I would use it like three weeks. That was all it got to stay up. And then at three weeks, it would come down. They'd have to call me if they wanted a photo. And then during the holidays, I would put all the galleries back up and send an email to everybody's email address that I'd collected at the horse show and say, all of the past galleries are up. If you want to go buy pictures, they're available for the next two weeks. And that would pay for my Christmas. All right. I have rambled a lot. I do want to talk a short bit about workflow and off-camera lighting, but I don't want to go to the technical pieces of things until you guys have had to share your tips. So who would like to go first? Mine probably is more kind of the technical end of it. For me personally, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give somebody that wants to do any kind of event photography is to know your event because each event has its own rules and skills and like understanding when in that moment of action in that particular event or that run, 
to get that best shot. Understanding the rules for each event is really important part of mastering your photography for the horse show or event photography or rodeo or whatever it is you're wanting to shoot. I think is the more you know about it, the you'll learn the best location in the arena to shoot from and, and what to specifically look for and when to fire your shutter so that you're not just shooting and spraying. <laughs> I think knowing the rules for the event location, the venue, is really important. Think about where you're standing and being aware of your surroundings and not getting so involved in the action that maybe if you are in the arena, you don't see a wreck coming right towards you or behind you or something. So safety should be a big part of your whole goal for the day. Dressing the part, I don't care if you're doing dressage or over fences or cowboy events or whatever it is you're doing is is to it, most of what we do of course is going to be rodeos or you know art of the cowgirl so it's a it's a western event so in our case it would be jeans a long sleeve shirt a cowboy hat you know trying to look professional i think if you're going to be part of the official photographer for the day or even if you're just there practicing is really important i we haven't talked about gear but the faster the camera the faster the lens you got the better your photography is and the easier it's going to be for you to get good high quality pictures high shutter speeds with a high frame rate per second is going to work the best i can't stress enough to invest in really high quality, fast memory cards because you'll be shooting a lot. If you're capturing action inside an arena, of course, you're going to have low light. There's different kinds of arenas. There's enclosed arenas. There's covered arenas. You'll definitely want a telephoto lens. The bigger the arena, the bigger the lens you want, especially if you like to do close-up shots. I know some of the photographers use 400 millimeter, like 2.8 lenses or even longer. The 70 to 200, 2.8 is a perfect perfect lens for action. It's super fast and it's great in low light. If you need extra reach, you can add a teleconverter. And this will, of course, this will limit your aperture if you add the teleconverter, but it will give you more, more reach with the same lens. I would suggest keeping a wide angle lens on you for capturing behind the scenes images or when the action comes super close. If you don't have all this, don't, you know, you can think about renting a lens to do, to see if Event photography is something you want to do or if you'd like to continue to do it after you've tried it. Don't forget, dust is going to be a major factor at events. I don't personally use them, but I know a lot of photographers that use UV filters. It'll keep the front lens element of your lens safe. Maybe take a can of canned air or some lens wipes to keep your you know, keep your gear clean. I don't use a tripod. I know a lot of uh, photographers, especially if you're using some of the bigger, heavier uh, lenses do use monopods. They'll make it a lot easier to maneuver and won't get in the way like a tripod wheels, but because you're going to be in crowded areas a lot of times. For most of the events, you're going to want a higher shutter speed of at least a thousand, one one thousand or higher. I suggest higher actually. And of course, uh, it's going to be hard if you're shooting indoors to keep below ISO, but that would be your preference, of course as low as possible and, uh, and shooting wide open, maybe. I think Kim's going to talk about flash photography. I think if you if you do want to do flash photography, check with the rules and make sure that they are allowed. But Kim will go over that more in depth for you. I think we've already talked about working with an assistant or a photographer that knows how to light an arena if you do want to do that. And I think just to end this, for me personally, I know some of my favorite shots happen behind the scenes. Also look for compositions that, like Kim said, will show the name of the arena, the sponsors, the judges, fans, or even contestants helping each other. I think those are some of my favorite shots is when you get 
contestants, especially at Art of the Cowgirl, the girls like helping each other out, you know, and giving them a hand. Think about telling a story with your images. or Even though it's an event, you still want to tell a story. A lot of times, I know the perfect shot will just all of a sudden present itself and you've got to be on the lookout for them all the time. And especially when there's animals involved, it's going to be a short window of time to get the shot because it's not you're not going to be able to say, do it one more time. <laughs> So just be on the lookout. I think just have an open mind and, and be aware of what's going on and around you at all times. That would be my advice as a non-event photographer. <laughs> yeah, Phyllis's tips are amazingly good, especially if you're doing the horse fairs and expos. I will say, like, if you're doing behind the scenes stuff and you see a shot that if you moved the horse six feet to the left or the right or had the rider do something, my process with that is I shoot it the way it is. And then I will go ask them to move, like say, can you can you ride right over here? Or may I take your photo? You really get great photos behind the scenes when you maybe adjust it just a little bit. I do want to talk with you guys about two technical pieces if you're doing like event horse shows. One is lighting, off-camera lighting. So I used, at the rainings that I did and the working cow, I used strobe lights. And there's a lot that you have to know to set up strobe lights as far as like, you need to talk with show management. You need to have, you know, have the clearance to do that. You need to know what you're doing. I know a lot of photographers panic or worry about strobe lights spooking the horses. To be honest with you, I never had a problem with a quarter horse. I had problems with Pasifinos. I couldn't even use the strobe lights for the wind photos with Pasifinos. So it kind of depends on the horse that you're working with. By the way, the Pasifino show was in a really dark arena. I honestly don't blame them for being afraid of flashes of light in there. So you also have to take that into account. Like, where are you shooting? Is it a covered arena with backlighting? Is it, you know, there's enough light in there, but you've got to adjust where you're standing? Or is it an arena that is just pitch black and you, you have to have the strobes in order to be able to get a good shot, especially when you have to stop action? So working with strobe lights is an art all within itself and learning how to do it is something that you need to undertake with a mentor or in some type of a class because it does require a lot of setup in advance and it requires you to really kind of know your cameras and equipment. I ended up with six lights. I bought alien bees because they're super tough and if they, a participant or a person in the stands knocked them over, they weren't going to shatter and break everywhere. So not to say that they wouldn't do that if it was a far enough fall, but I've dropped them and they may break the glass on the inside of the bulb that shoots, but the unit itself is really tough. They also have to be pretty tough to put up with the dirt that's in a raining arena. And I would blow them out at the end or in the middle of an event if it was really long with compressed air to keep them going good. I've had the same set of them over 20 years and they did a lot of horse shows and now they they go with me on branding shoots and other things. So I kept my alien bees after my horse show days. But I did five light, two 1600s, one on each end, then 800 in the, no, a 1600 in the middle, a 1600 on each end, a 1600 in the middle, and then two 800s in between the two 1600s on each end. 
so that I had five lights down the side of one side of the arena. I would choose one side to work on. And then I would set them up basically according to the pattern that the horse was going to be reining in. So it's harder when there's multiple horses in the ring. That's a whole nother can of worms. So you kind of got to work your way through that. The other thing that I thought that I figured out relatively well about this after the fact was workflow. This is where I learned to be Speedy Gonzalez with Lightroom. So I know that Phyllis always looks at me like I'm weird because I can edit stuff so quickly, but this is where I had to learn how to do that. I had to be able to edit a monumental number of photos and have them ready for the next morning. And frankly, I like my sleep. So, and I've mentioned that several times, you don't sleep a lot as a horse show photographer. So I got really, really good at using presets. I got good at using all of the little workflow advantages in Lightroom and being able to edit photos really, really quickly. And I also learned how to organize them really well. So inside of Lightroom, using smart folders and tags and all of that kind of stuff and keywords so that my assistant could find somebody's image really, really fast. And that made a lot of difference on our sales because people were seeing images that had base edits already done to them, but I let the software do the work for me. So that workflow, figuring it out, that's something that takes you a little bit of time. And it's something that those smaller events allow you the opportunity to be able to get it worked out. So when you get to a bigger event, you can get your workflow going really well. And make sure you have all of those processes set up if you're going to sell photos. We took credit cards. People don't always have cash and checks on them at a horse show. Or if they do, it's dedicated to food and whatever they've got to pay with the check. So make sure that you have the ability to take credit cards and have a way for them to check out and have a process in place for getting them their images if you're not going to be able to hand them to them at the show. I sold digital images just because I don't like to have to get prints made, but I would make prints for people, but I liked selling the digital files. So I cost a little bit more, but they got the digital files. That's my personal preference. Doesn't have to be your best practice, by the way. All right, Kara, I think that's the baseline of my wisdom around this anyway. I'm going to turn this over to you because you've got a good list of suggestions I've been looking through. I wished I'd have known some of them before I got started doing horse shows. So I'm not going to be repetitive. You guys have covered a ton of stuff. What I will say is to know why you're shooting the event to start. Are you shooting the event to make money? Are you shooting the event to market yourself? Are you shooting the event to meet potential horse people for models down the line? That's just three reasons. You may have other reasons. This is important because that's going to help you prepare so that you can actually be successful at your goal. So start there. The next piece of that, I think it's already been mentioned, you need to know your numbers. You need to know your cost of doing business and you need to know your cost of goods to be there to shoot the show and to produce the results that you want to produce. So then that way you're actually being smart about your pricing. I can't tell you how many times I've met with folks that are trying horse photography and they're basically, when we sit down and do their numbers, they're basically paying the horse show to be there or they're paying the, yeah. the riders to be there. And that is, I mean, unless you're just trying to get your feet wet, that is never going to be a good business practice for you. I'm going to skip over things like the OPs. I think we've talked heavily about official photographers on here. 
I think that is a piece we've already talked about. I will reiterate what Phyllis said around learning the discipline that you're photographing it. You need to study this. Um, It's the same thing when you're shooting confirmation images for horses. You need to put in the time to study that horse and what the equestrians that own and love those horses expect from that. Because timing is a huge part of equine photography. You need to learn those precise moments that equestrians want to see in each gate. And you need to learn how to capture them. And then the next piece of this is find creative ways to upsell. So for me, I only do a couple events a year. When I'm shooting at those events, if I want to make a little money just to kind of cover my time for being there and that sort of thing, I have learned over the years that simply providing images for sale, either low-res digital files or prints, doesn't do a ton for me because they're small events. A lot of times, clients or horse showers, when they're showing horses, they will purchase the pictures, I hope from the big events because that's where they have really been working towards. And a lot of these smaller events, they're using them as practice. They're using them to qualify or they're using them just to get themselves down the line so that they're ready for those really big events where they're, they've already spent a ton of money and they're prepared to buy pictures to remember that event by. So find creative ways that set you apart and it makes them want to buy from you. So one thing that I have done is I have on the website where I sell the images, I put an option for creative art background replacement. And so they take their favorite image that has a bunch of ugly stuff in the background, like an ugly fence. It's got the orange cone that someone left sitting, a trash can. And I replace the background and turn it into like a really pretty art image for them to print. So that's a nice add-on, and I can make a pretty good buck if I only do just a handful of those for all those small events that I do. Also, like Kim said, have portrait sessions at the event, set up a photo booth type situation, and really offer some extra editing too. So if you've got the images posted, you can even post an item that they can purchase for additional editing. So you can do skin cleanup for your clients, you can slim You can clean up coats and fix boo-boos on horses, all those kind of things. Clean up the poop out of the arena. Get rid of that trash can that's sitting along the fence. Clients will pay, if they're going to print an image, they will pay an upcharge to have you make that image look beautiful for printing. And I have found just simply adding that as a clickable item that they can upgrade to has added money to the bottom line. The next thing I would say that I have done, and it's one of my favorite things to do, if I shoot a bigger event, or if I've been asked to shoot an event that I'm not planning on shooting at, I will book private clients exclusively. And this is something that they pay for. So for example, I recently had a 4-H club come to me. Their whole group was going to the show and they asked me if I was going to be at the event. I'm like, no, I'm not planning on being there. Are you guys going to be there? And so what we ended up arranging was that I would come to the event I would shoot them exclusively and I would shoot get the getting ready pictures. I would shoot the show ring pictures. I would shoot the behind the scenes shots of them celebrating and having a wonderful time together. And then the moms or the dads, the horse show parents, were then able to split my day rate in order to make that work. So get creative about how you can make money off of those events. And that would be that for me, it frees me up. I don't feel like I'm having to cover everybody, but it also gives this air of, I don't know, you're almost like paparazzi following them around. And when I'm walking around at that event, people will be like, oh, did you cover that class? Or did you get me? No, sorry, I'm here exclusively for this particular group. 
And I guarantee you're going to have other barns that are jealous, other barns that are like, wow, I didn't even know that was option. How can we book you to be our exclusive photographer at our next show? So like I said, start thinking creatively, think outside of the box, do something different besides standing at the ring, shooting, and then posting a gallery, hoping people will buy pictures from you. The last thing I want to add is get a contract. Some of the small events, you probably won't be able to get those signed. If you're shooting a big event, get a contract. And then the insurance side of things, if you look at your insurance at all, you'll probably find out it's very challenging to get insured to stand in the ring at a horse show. So really spend some time looking at the ins and outs of your contract, the legal pieces to make sure that you're, you're covered. And understanding the insurance is just another piece of that. And I'm going to leave it at that. I think we have more than covered this topic from oh, yeah. all sorts of different perspectives. And I hope that we gave some ideas to folks that have been thinking about doing some horse show photography for whatever reason that they're hoping that they want to do that for. I know it's something that our workshop participants mention to us a lot and that we that's how it we is. see them kind of getting their feet wet. So I'm really glad we covered it from that yeah. perspective. I think it was a potpourri of tips and a lot of information. <laughs> and hopefully when you're, people are sitting out there listening, probably. Crockpot horse show photography. It's a potpourri of, yeah. So, but it's, it's so important when you think about this, you think, oh, I'll start doing horse shows and it sounds really easy and it's a simple sentence to say, but when you dive into it, it is a whole lot more complicated than it appears on the surface. So I hope that we've gotten you at least headed in the right direction if this is something that you want to do. So I just want to make uh, a couple quick announcements, just reminding folks that we have just very recently posted our 2023 events. We have um, some events that have already filled since our last episode launched the Cottonwood Ranch Immersive Photography Experience. We are still taking bookings for that. So if you're interested, please go to our calgirlswithcameras.com. Look for the events page. The Beginners Workshop, we deal still have openings in that for that event. If you are new to photography, this is an awesome event for you, especially if you think you want to focus in the equine world. This is an, an event where you can come take your camera out of the bag and we can get started. The Art of the Cowgirl, I believe as of right now, that one um, has filled since our last episode and it is on a waiting list. So definitely check. There is a way to check to get on the waiting list. Horses on the Beach workshop has filled and the Dryhead Ranch Retreat. I believe at this point we have two empty spaces. Hopefully by the time this goes live, there will be still spaces available for folks that are interested. So once again, cowgirlswithcameras.com. Hop on the events page and see what's out there. If you aren't following us online, come find us at Cowgirls with Cameras on Instagram and Facebook. And let's end with the challenge for this week. Kim, do you want to announce the challenge? You bet. So, of course, in the light of having event photography as our topic today, we would love for you to share your favorite event photo that you have shot. It can be a horse show photo. It can be behind the scenes. It can be a small event. It can be a big event, but something that either brings joy to your heart, you're proud of, or something you'd like to share with others. And if you want to share a little story about what that photo means to you, that would be great as well. When you do this, share on Instagram and use the hashtag CWC photo challenge. So thank you guys for playing and participating in the challenges, by the way. We have a lot of fun seeing the photos. I know Art of the Cowgirl for January is full, but I just want to add that 
coming to that event has been very advantageous to photographers getting started out with event photography because it gives them images for their portfolio where they get to go home and get hired for events. So just keep that in mind in the future when you see if you this is something you'd like to do, maybe possibly dabble in some event photography. Sign up for one of our Art of the Cowgirl events and you'll be photographing the ranch rodeo, the cowgirl events and everything. So the breakaway roping. So you can dabble in it and get some practice doing that and see if it's something you like. Thanks, guys. All right. Good job. Over and out. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.